Good day. This is Victor Young, your daily life coach. And I'm back. And it feels good to be back. This week, we don't have a sponsor because uh, everyone was afraid to sponsor this episode. Because this is for the big cheeses. This is for the big dogs. This one is for our leaders, our CEOs, our presidents. If you've got a chief in your title, if you've got a VP, anything presidential in your title, vice president, Mike Pence, this is for you. Presidents, executives, pastors, CEOs, inventors, creators, founders, this is for you. But the reason we, we, we scared off our sponsors for this particular episode is because this one is a little bit hard-hitting. This one hits home. And the reason it hits home is because I'm going to tell you some things that some people around you who love you too much, they love you too much to tell you the truth. So I'm going to tell you the truth today. I'm going to tell you some things that someone should have told you if they haven't already. And if they have told you some of the things I'm going to tell you today, and as a result, you're not talking to them anymore, I suggest you go back and make amends, break bread, bring out the olive branch. Hmm. The olive branch. I've got to research that, why that became a term. Extend the olive branch. Any branch that was extended to me when I was growing up was normally called a switch. Extended from my father. But that's another podcast. And it worked for me, so hey, let's move on. Today's episode is called Stranger Things Aren't So Strange. And why are strange things not so strange anymore, you ask? Because I have such a curious, curious following of entrepreneurs, executives, billionaires in training. Such a curious group. You're probably on your browser now trying to find out why stranger things aren't so strange anymore. And when I say strange things, am am I referring to the Netflix show, Stranger Things? I could be. Actually, I just watched season two, and I'm not going to give it away. I'm not going to spoil this for anybody. However, what do they call it? We're trapped in the now. A lot of leaders, founders, presidents, executives, managers, whatever you refer to yourself as, directors, we are trapped in the now. In the show, Stranger Things, they, they call it the upside down, which I like that too, but I'm not going to take it. I'm going to stick with this. We're trapped in the now amongst all these strange things that are getting stranger. Hashtag most strange. We are becoming unable to move forward. Our ability to take risk is sliding off the cliff. And in case you haven't slid off a cliff before, it's not a good feeling. Especially when you look over and you see what's down below and you have no control. Bad feeling. How do we navigate in a world where information has created so much uncertainty? We are hiding under the veil of uncertainty. It's like being in a cave in the upside down, waiting for Michael or L to come and find you and rescue you. But you can't be rescued because no one knows exactly where you're at. Because you've been hiding among so much fear for so long that you stop communicating with the people who can help you. You stop communicating with your core team, your partners. And we all know this. We all know that once we stop communicating, things can go south very quickly, extremely quickly. 
But that's what happens. We end up in the upside down. We end up trapped in the now. What is the now? The now is this. As soon as we hop up on a plane for you boaters, as soon as we rotate for you pilots, as soon as we get in a position where we've accomplished a certain level of notoriety, fame, wealth, comfort, whatever you want to call it, camaraderie, instead of focusing on the future and what's ahead of us, we get trapped in the, in the upside down. We get trapped in the now and it weakens us. So if you're feeling weak right now, if you're feeling like you don't have control and you are in a position that you should have control, you're probably trapped in the now. You're in the upside down waiting for the Demogorgon to find you. And if you haven't watched Stranger Things, you don't know what a Demogorgon is. And I'm sorry. Just means you're going to have to watch an episode or two if you really want to know what one is. That or you could probably just Google it if you know how to spell Demogorgon. We are living in a society where our leadership, our executives, are trapped in the now. They're afraid to move. They're afraid to take a risk. They're afraid to communicate with the individuals around them who are commissioned, paid, hired, recruited to be their lifeline, their think tanks, their reflection characters for you writers. And fear, living in this fear, has eliminated or mitigated our ability to use our strengths, our weapons, our tools. Now, you're wondering, am I one of these people who are trapped? I'll give you a few little signs. I'll give you a few little things. And, and if you're in any of these boxes, if you fit any of these symptoms, you might be trapped in the now. One of the key signs for individuals who are trapped in the now is when you have leaders that are afraid to communicate. Their communication skills go away and they begin to lead through manipulation. What is manipulation, you ask? Look it up. Ask a friend. My definition of manipulation is this. When you no longer have the courage to communicate with someone and tell them what's on your mind, when you no longer have the relationship, the courage, the confidence, whatever it is, when something is missing and you can no longer communicate with someone on the up and up at eye level in the real, and you have to feed them sound bites and bits and pieces of information to lead them to the next destination, and you can't use your big girl words or your big boy words, you're a manipulator. When you can't ask a question, make a statement, or lead your people to a location or a place without using some form of leverage or information to lead them, you're a manipulator. Now, let's clear this up. Can a leader give everyone in every position the entire game plan? No. There's going to be people who are on a need-to-know basis because if they had that information, they couldn't protect it and safeguard it, keep it confidential. Not all of us can navigate and be trusted in that confidential zone. So I'm not saying leaders need to tell everyone everything in their game plan. What I'm saying is this. The people that you count on that are closest to you, if you can't agree on a mission, moving in the same direction, with the same goals in mind, if you're not evenly yoked on this path, on this journey, whether it's building a company, whether it's building a team or an individual or a culture, whatever it is you're trying to do, a congregation, family unit, whatever it is you're trying to build, if you can't share in that same vision, marching in the same direction, and communicate in the now what's going on and what needs to be done and why, without slithering around using speed bumps, decoys, watered down information, rumors and propaganda, you are not a leader and you're working against yourself. So enough on manipulation, but I'll say this, if your leadership style 
involves manipulating others in order to get an end result that you're looking for, you might see that end result for a matter of minutes, seconds, or days. But it won't be there very long because those lies or manipulation that you're telling are growing and picking up momentum. And that momentum will pull you in the direction of the very lie or manipulation that you created. We assume that manipulation has a certain speed or a finite time that it lives or breaks. It hits the brakes at some point once we don't need it anymore. It doesn't. There are people who have lost their lives, lost their freedom or their families behind a lie or manipulation that picked up speed and could not be stopped once it was started. If you call yourself a leader and you don't have the courage to break out of the now, the comfort zone, I don't know what to call you. If you're consumed by fear, you're paralyzed and you're unable to take a risk anymore, take the chief off your name. Take the director off your name. Hire someone else who can do it for you. Hire someone who has the stomach to get out there and build a team of people that want to be there, that want to be led, who believe in what you believe in, who understand your mission. And you've got to be able to communicate whatever your guiding principles, your mission objective, whatever you want to call it. You've got to be able to communicate it. Not only do you have to be able to communicate it, but your people have to be able to communicate it back to you. And it needs to sound like what you're saying. Because we live in a world where there's so much information that information and words are so subjective. I am a good person. What does that mean? I'm a good person to me might mean that every day I wake up, I am striving to be a better man. I am cleansing my spirit. I am working on my eating habits and diet. I am exercising. I'm giving back. I'm pouring into my children. I'm building a legacy. To me, that is what being a good person means. I am a good person to someone else might mean I didn't kill anyone today. I didn't steal anything today. I didn't curse anyone out today. And uh, yeah, everything else I did pretty much is good because I, I didn't do those things. Information, statements, and visions are so subjective. You know, I, I love the show Stranger Things because you see this reality world and then you see this, this world called the upside down. And the upside down is normally the opposite of what we see. You know, there was an old saying, never trust those lying eyes of yours. What does that mean? For those of you who aren't in the South, let me, let me break that down, translate it for you. Don't trust the lying eyes. Your eyes and what you think you see can lie to you, can deceive you sometimes. Because as humans, as, as, as optimists, as, as individuals who want good things to happen, we can sometimes create a picture, a vision, a movie. We, we create what we want to see in a person, an organization, a country, whatever it is. We can create it and make it happen. So when I watch Stranger Things and I see these, the upside down, it makes me think a little bit. It makes me think, hmm, how stranger could things be in my life? If I'm only basing it on what I can see today, there could be an alternate world of Victor Young. There could be. Let's, let's think about it. I only see what people want me to see. I only hear what individuals want me to hear, whether it's the truth, whether it's a lie, whether it's just a dream or something they're striving. Some people say it before they do it, and that's good. Speak it into existence, as they say. But speaking it without doing it has a price attached to it. If I am living in this now, in my world of optimism and belief, and you are walking in this place of uncertainty and fear and deception. 
How does that affect you and how does that affect me? Ooh, that's a good question, isn't it? What happens when there's people who are actually walking it, talking it, living it, eating it, breathing it, sleeping it, and then there's people who are saying it who aren't actually doing any of it? And we're on the same team. And I know there's a lot of people right now who are listening who are saying, I'm surrounded by a lot of these people and it makes life impossible. I agree and I disagree. It can make life very difficult when you are real, when you are committed, when you are sold out, bought in, whatever you want to call it, drank the Kool-Aid, and the others haven't. Their Kool-Aid cup is still full. But they're saying they drank it. But you can see it in the cup. What do you do? Or even worse, they poured it out and you didn't see them pour it out and you thought they drank the Kool-Aid and they really didn't drink it. How can we as leaders navigate in that environment? I'm going to share the secret to navigating the environment of fear, uncertainty, and being influenced or affected by the upside down. The only way I have found to navigate through and beyond the upside down, this place of fear, this place of deception. And when I say deception, deception is not always this malicious attack that's orchestrated or premeditated. Deception can be someone who is just saying one thing and they honestly just don't have the courage to deliver what they're saying. Their intentions may be as pure as whatever's pure in this world anymore. I don't know. That's definitely another podcast. Let me write that down. Hold on. I mean, where's my pad? What is pure? Mm. That is scary. Hmm. I got that. Thank you. Thank you for that break. Allow me to write that down. How do we navigate that? Here's what I found is this. The first thing you have to do is fortify any weaknesses you may have for someone who can infiltrate you or your team with fear or deception. Hmm. Fortify, fix the cracks, strengthen the chains, whatever it is. You've, you've got to figure out how to identify and eliminate any possible leak, any possible way that one of these individuals could derail your ship, jeopardize your team, your mission, your objective, your vision, influence or affect your guiding principles. And the, and the reason we have to do this is because humanity no longer wants to deal with anything less than perfect. Machines and technology have brought a new level of service. They may not be as flattering or funny as some of the relationships we may have, but that flattering and humor is only good when the process is going well and machines deliver on that process. So if you are a director, a founder, a creator, an entrepreneur, and you're not familiar with delivering on a certain level of quality that is on par or beyond what technology can deliver, your company's moving backwards. Because as humans, when we get tired, when we get lazy, when we decide we don't want to keep up with the new standards, the new benchmarks, the new evolutions and revolutions being caused by technology and innovation and the need for perfection and high efficiency and speed, we become treacherous and dangerous. The goal becomes now to slow down the rest of the company, the rest of the organization, or our clients to a slower pace. We've got to suffocate and suck the life out of our people or our clients. And believe it or not, there's executives, directors, founders that get tired. And when they get tired, instead of them taking a break, taking a knee, taking a time out, just finding out a neutral place, they start trying to change minds or manipulate. And I get it. I get it. We get tired. But if you try to manipulate your best people, whether they're your peers, 
So there's fear of competition or fear of loss, fear of keeping up. Manipulation and breaking your team is not the answer. If you're a leader and you're afraid of some of the people around you that are rising stars and on fire and they, and they scare you, that means you've gotten lazy, you've lost your way. Find a way to partner with these people. If you're afraid they're going to leave, if they're growing quicker than you can sustain, find a way to partner with them. Profit share. Integrate them into your cause, into your organization in a way that you can retain them and continue to challenge them. Give them B projects that once they exceed their goals at training and everything else you have on their management deck, give them a chance to grow something else, another division with the promise and mindset that they don't neglect their primary functions and jobs. Looking through my eyes, I know what I see. I believe in my mission, my vision, my cause, even on the days where it becomes foggy and not clear. And those days I just take a knee and maintain, just do what I'm really good at. And I just keep doing it until that focus comes back, until my plan finds its next phase, until I identify my next competitor, until I find that next thing that is embedded in my spirit that just charges me up, that just makes me want to go and succeed and share. It's okay to have a couple off days, weeks. When you hit those times, it's okay. Those are the days you take inventory of what's going around you. Keep the fear out. Sharpen your saw. Get better at what you were really good at. Become great at it. You know, in football, they say, allow the play to develop. Allow your growth, your mission, your cause to develop. And as it does, you share it again as it evolves. As long as it keeps that common core, that common thread that makes you successful, that makes you who you are, it's okay to evolve it. I see so many leaders lead through fear and manipulation. The majority of people that I see, one of the first problems I identify is their fear, which minimizes, eliminates, mitigates, it just runs off their strength and makes them weak. And there's no place for weakness when you are the leader. I will let fear exist in my brain, in my spirit, for a matter of seconds before it's gone. Even when I'm looking at a worst case scenario, I've already thought about my worst case scenario before I started my venture. I've already looked at my exit strategy. Worst case scenario, if I lose everything I invested in that project and I get out with my reputation intact, Still a victory. We tried it. We weren't successful. We learned a ton of things we would have never learned had we not tried. I went to school, figuratively speaking. At, at the end of the day, that, that loss is still a victory. Don't be so afraid to address those strange things. I know we live in a time that everything we post needs to be positive. Us on a beach smiling. I'm in this city. I'm checking in. I'm going from this airport to that airport. I'm going from... Madrid to Bologna, now from Bologna to Petty. I mean, whatever we post, we want it to be glamorous. I get it. But sometimes we have to say that's not the season we're in. We're about to go to war. We're about to have to fight for what we believe. We're, we're about to have to fight our competitors. And we're going to do it with dignity, fairness, skill, and class. And win or lose, we're going to win. If we win, we'll even offer our, our competitors jobs and opportunities. If we lose, maybe we'll create a strategic partnership and still find a win within our loss. And don't be afraid that once you allocate a budget 
a timeline, whatever resource it is you allocate. Only allocate what you're able to lose. Try your best with your best people. Keep it transparent. Keep the fear out. Because once we end up in the upside down, once we start defending the now and try to hold on to the status quo, we're actually going backwards. Because every day I'm trying to make someone better around me, they probably have five people around them trying to make them worse. And that's what you're not seeing because you only see what's in the now. You're not seeing the upside down, the infrastructure of evil. Mm, the infrastructure of evil. It's like a Star Wars film. Kind of like the sound of that. We need to talk about that more later. But there is truly an infrastructure of evil working against all of us every single day. The people that we know, the people that we love, the people that we like, the people that we help, the people that we share with, based upon their fears, their shortcomings, their fear of perception of others, they are working against the very foundation, the mission, the objective that we're trying to accomplish. And when someone's looking at themselves, they can't see it. We can't take it personal. They're looking at themselves so hard, the things they want and the things they want to feel, touch, and experience. They want it so bad they can't see the other people that are being affected and manipulated. They're just taking this information. They're taking this power. They're taking whatever they have, and they're using it to their advantage. And the only way that we can avoid being affected by this is to not participate. We have to learn there are certain things we can't share anymore, certain things we can't put on social media, certain things we can't wear on our sleeves, tell our coworkers. It's like Superman telling everybody that, you know, that kryptonite, I know where it's at, and this is the only thing that can kill me. The things that are too powerful to release into the atmosphere, that breading that Chick-fil-A uses, hmm, my goodness, I wish I knew what that was, even more so than Colonel's 11 herbs and spices, how some automobile companies manufacture their engine technology and performance. What makes a three-liter engine from a BMW faster, stronger, more durable than a three-liter engine in a Mitsubishi? Some people say, eh, it's just tuning. No, it's not. It starts out with core composite materials. Are they forged? Are they cast? What's the difference? There is a difference. That same displacement engine, same size, everything looks the same. The actual core material that it's built upon, it's very design will determine how much fuel, air, and spark I can put inside that engine. Those are the things that make horsepower. The stronger that block, the crank, the pistons, the rods, the stronger the internal mechanisms, the stronger the internal parts of that engine, same engine, both three liters in size, but one is built to last and produce massive amounts of power. And it costs more money to design it, build it, assemble it. But once it's done, it's stronger, it's been forged and designed for longevity. Do you think BMW puts that on the internet? Here's what we make our engines out of. Here's the core material. Mm, no, they may tell you something, but they don't tell you everything. So we need to share the vision. We need to share the mission. We need to tell people everything we can possibly tell them. Maybe not the secret sauce. Maybe not the secret metal components to our engines. Maybe not the secret breading and marinade for the Chick-fil-A sandwich. But we need to teach them how to appreciate our customers. What that sandwich is supposed to taste like. How we're supposed to make it consistent every single time. Why we make it this way. How it's going to benefit them in the future for doing it that way. The benefits of consistency and process. And we need to have them demonstrate it to us. And then tell us why they do it. And then tell them to demonstrate 
and articulate to us what it all means. Because we live in a very subjective time and world. So many people are trapped in the now that they're afraid if they try to move forward and they fail, they'll lose what they have. So they're not going anywhere. Free your people. Eliminate the manipulation in your environment. The fear that governs. The propaganda that rules and reigns. Outlaw it. And you will find true success. Learn to embrace those strange things. Stranger things aren't so strange anymore. The strange things will show us what's really occurring in our environment. What's going on in the upside down. Why it exists. How it grows. How we can defeat it. Embrace the stranger things. I know we want to see blue skies and ice cream and cotton candy and smiling babies all day. Happy puppies. But sometimes we just have to face what's in the now and move forward. We have to free ourselves from the now. We have to free ourselves from the propaganda, the fear, and the lies that surround us on a daily basis. I know the only way I can personally do that is if every day I try to free myself of any imperfections. Because people use our mistakes, our flaws against us. And as long as we know we're doing things that aren't compliant, illegal, unethical, or immoral, we won't even move forward because we know these things we've done are lingering in the back of our mind. And then we'll try to purposely stay under this radar or this place that we could be discovered. Burn out your impurities every day. Every day, admit to yourself that you can be better. They can't hold you unless you allow them to hold you. It's good to be back. I missed you guys. Catch me next time. Don't forget to share this with your friends and family. Stranger things aren't so strange anymore. Let's free ourselves from being trapped in the now in the upside down. Have a great day. Hopefully you'll check me out at one of my next speaking engagements. I'll be in Tampa in November. December, I'm going to take a little hiatus. And uh, January, I'll be in Palm Beach. Check me out. Listen to my podcast. Grow your business. Make your family better, stronger. Talk to you soon.